Welcome to the Sports and Media Show. I'm Jeff. I'm Joe. Hey, welcome back, Joe. Hey, it was nice have spending a week down in Southwest Florida, where I went to high school, and visiting friends. There you go. Sounds like you had a good time. I did. I did. We appreciate Justin Russ last week for pulling in, uh, for putting in for you for the Journal Gazette Times Square. Justin did a good job. Yeah, he did a great job. So, and yeah, you know, he 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 uh, kind of railed on your Stephen A. Smith. So I said he'd be careful. Joe loves Stephen A. Stephen A. How do you not like Stephen A. <laughs> Just ask me or Justin, I guess. <laughs> Actually, sad news with his, his mother dying this oh, past it is. week. Yeah, I tell you what, I, it seems like I'm a little bit out of the loop right now. I've been really busy at work. So uh, so we'll just start talking a little bit about, um, I know you want to talk about some ratings and some TV reports. Talk about that. Uh, well, it's just something I haven't had a chance to digest. I think neither one of us had. We sort of started looking at it last week. I mean, uh, last night, <clears throat> is that uh, it looks like ratings for sports across the board the average age of people watching them are getting older and older and older. Uh, Major League Baseball, over, over the last, I think it was 2012, was that, I forget the number it was, over the last, let's say, four years, uh, the average age for people who are watching NFL, NHL, Major League Baseball has increased from five to seven years, and they're seeing the graying of it. It's even uh, outpacing in some places, but not always, uh, the networks. In some cases, the networks are going a little bit more, but older and older and older, which is showing that the younger generation either is either A, not following sports like we once were, or B, finding it some other manner that we haven't been able to figure out yet through the Nielsen's or any of the other ratings for radio and what have you. Yeah, it makes perfect sense when you think about it. Young, young people today are on their devices more than they are watching TV, and so they're not going to show up in the ratings as much. And a lot of the kids are you know, watching games via Twitter or online or they're just checking the scores while they're watching other things. So it does make sense, and I'm sure. But the good thing about this right now with the ratings skewing older, those people have you know a little bit of more disposable income, so you, the, the TV networks probably will be happy for a while. Eventually, though, that's going to skew and change. But I think right now, that I don't think a lot will change in terms of how people uh, you know view their TV, you know, get their TV, and, and how marketers kind of market towards TV. The average age of TV viewers this past year for golf, PGA, was 64 years old. That's wow. the average, it went up five years. Uh, NASCAR, believe it or not, is 58. And that skewed plus nine more years. So that's even, for some reason, younger viewers are, are, are not attracting to it, like you've talked about several well, and times. And NASCAR last week at Dover had one of its worst ratings in the history of the sport. So NASCAR is not doing well at all with that 25 to 54 money money demo that people love to talk about. No, not at all. Major League Baseball's uh, fourth at 57. They, grew, they went up by four. What's interesting is that the World Tennis Association is the only of the sports that is reduced. They went down by four years to, uh, um, where are they here? I'm trying to find out. No, eight years to, to 55. I don't know if Serena and some of the younger players are starting to bring them in. The World Tennis Association says that in part it's because they've been very active with streaming because another sport that's doing pretty well is the NBA. Yeah. And they, they really focus on, on the video. They were one of the first to say, sure, use any of our stuff on YouTube. You know, and so that tracks them. And plus, you know, basketball is a lot different than any other sports. You know, where I know we're in the middle of it is that as I was driving in today, we were talking about who's the best player in the NBA. Is it Durant? I'm so tired. Is it LeBron? <laughs> or is it Steph Curry? Yeah. And it could be any one of those three. Yeah. But think of what other sport you're really saying who's the best football player? Who's the best hockey player? Who's the best? 
you don't have the faces as much, right? In the other sports, and it's not so. And you only have five people on a court. Well, don't don't you think? Yeah, that, I think that a little bit in baseball. You've heard the discussion over the years. Not as much football. I think football people have kind of said that Jerry Rice or Jim Brown are the one and two, and I don't think there's much discussion about that. But in basketball, you can make a case for every generation has their guy. There was Elgin Baylor, Bill Russell, then there was Chamberlain, Jabbar, Irving, Bird, Magic, you know, Kareem. So everybody's had one, so it's tough. It, where in baseball, there really hasn't been a face of the generation. You're exactly right. And the NBA does skew younger, and, is, and I think a lot of people like to talk. And, I, you know, I used to never miss the NBA when I was younger. Now, if it's on, I'll watch it, but it's nothing that I, it's not must-see TV, but it does skew younger. It makes sense that people are going to talk about because everybody wants their generation's player to be the greatest of all time. Oh, absolutely. And everybody's talking about LeBron, the greatest of all time. Is he the greatest of all time? I, I don't like, I'm like you, I don't like to get too caught up in it. Is he one of the greatest of all time? Oh, yeah, yes. Oh, absolutely. And I, I'm, I'm almost equally impressed with Steph Curry, Durant. Kevin Durant. Yeah. You know, we have a lot, like Major League Baseball has a lot of players. You know, they're, they're trying to push the whole thing. You know, who's the greatest player here? And you got Mike Trout, who arguably could be one of the great players of all time. Yep. And uh, there's several other baseball players you could certainly throw in that mix, too. But it's not the same as the NBA. And I don't know. Well, the NBA, you see, you see all you, a lot more of the games that teams, you know, you, you because right now the Warriors and Cavs are, on, you know, they're the best two teams in the NBA. The ratings are great, right. so people are talking about them, and then they and they correlate that back to just you know 15, 20 years ago when Michael was playing, and you know, and, and so there's still the the kids today know who Michael Jordan was, even if they don't they didn't see him play. They've seen the highlights, and they they talk to their dads and their uncles and everything, and said, oh, I saw him play, and so that's kind of that fight I think a little bit is it Michael or generational, is right? Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, Magic Johnson was in nine championships over a 12-year span. He won five, lost four. You know, one of the greatest players. I, I mean, again, who cares or who knows how it compares to the others? Uh, but you have these individuals. Baseball just doesn't have as many of them. The NFL, even when you said Jerry Rice, is he the greatest receiver of time? Maybe. Certainly in the mix. Uh, but then who's the best quarterback and who's the best offensive lineman? And yeah. maybe, and maybe it's that in basketball – Everybody almost plays everything. It's not quite like Shaquille yeah, well, yeah. wouldn't play point guard. But well, there's dolphins and defense in football. You know, it, it, right. it really skews who, who how you look at somebody better. Where in basketball, it really is more of a fluid game where everybody can do a little bit of everything. It does make sense why people want to talk about constantly about who the greatest of all time is. is. But I tell you what, every sports channel on radio, serious, local, or whatever, that's the discussion right now. And so <laughs> I'm ready for the series to be over for the fact that we don't have to hear it. But here's what's going to be the next one: if the Warriors do clinch in Game Four. It's going to be, is this the greatest team of all time, individual season? And so that's going to be the, how it's going to go next. And, and have you heard any of these? Magic Johnson, <laughs> said he would Dr. Sweep J. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I remember, I, I, those 80s teams for the Lakers, mostly the 80s teams, Showtime, were loaded from top to bottom. I mean, purely top to bottom. Those teams are absolutely loaded. But... This team is absolutely loaded. And are you going to play by 1980 rules or the three-point rule? Yeah. How do you defend? You've got four or five guys shooting. You even have well, Andre Iguodala coming off the bench and going, he shoots He shoots threes and plays well, defense. No, Kareem early might have been able to keep up. But remember, Kareem late in the 80s sure. was struggling getting up down the floor. So he would be a non-factor late 80s versus today's Warriors. Early 80 Lakers might be able to stay up with him, but I don't know. Uh, when you think about Jamal Wilkes and, and Irvin and uh, you know some of the guys that were on that team, the Norm Nixons, they could stay with these guys, but I don't know if the you know if, if they could or not. Right now, the Warriors, 
are a fun team to watch. You see every team is going to this, they call it 4-1 offense, where you have four perimeter players and one big. And I think even the University of Illinois, the new coach Brad Underwood up in Champaign, is going to go to 4-1 next year with this fluid offense and then play tough defense. So the Warriors have changed the game of basketball. And, you know, some yeah. people say, oh, it's for the worst because of the super team. There's always been super teams. <laughs> Get over it, people. The Yankees started it many, many moons ago. And the Canadians and the hockey. Canadians, the, the, you know, the, the Lakers in the, in the 80s, the Braves when they went out and signed Maddox when they already had a great pitching staff. I mean, so right. super teams are, you know, teams' money are going to spend money to get to continue to get better. So uh, people have to get over that a little bit. Super teams are here to stay and, and uh, you know, look at the ratings. They're good for ratings, so the NBA is not going to adjust too much on this because it's still money. Always follow the money, right, Joe? Always, you taught me that a long time ago. Always follow the money, <laughs> absolutely. Speaking of money, um, did you ever collect baseball cards or football cards? I did when I was little, and I'm kicking myself for not keeping better track of them because I have n- no idea where they are right now. <laughs> well, maybe they're in some closet because I don't know if you saw this story this past week. They found a box of baseball cards. Uh, 1948. The, the, the main makers of baseball, as you, as you certainly know, are Topps. Uh, but there's also been Fleer and Donruss. Yeah. But early in the game, it was Bauman. And Bauman is one of those. And, and as much as I've collected, I've been a big collector most of my yeah. life of these. And I and I read a story, and I didn't realize the 1948 Bauman baseball cards are considered some of the most prestigious ones because it was the first one in the six-card series. They started being not mass-produced like they were in the mid-late 70s and 80s, certainly. Um, but they were rare cards, and rookie cards were like Stan Musial, Yogi Berra. <laughs> huh. You know, those are a hell of... A couple of names there, yeah. Yeah, a couple of names, you know, some of the greats of all time. Well, somebody called this this uh, this house Mile High, I think it's called, um, card company, and said, "Hey, I've got some cards. I don't know if you're interested." And I was like, "Oh, what kind are they?" He said, "1948 Bauman." They're like, "Really?" He <laughs> says, uh, "Yeah, I got a box of unopened cards, 19 <laughs> packs." And the guy's like, "What?" And he goes flying out there. It flies out to I think it was in Tennessee or something like that. There, there's a currently a bid going on, an online auction. They expect it to fetch $1 million. Holy cow. For this 19 unopened packs of cards, $1 million. Um, and that means they're worth a lot more now because somebody's going to turn around and sell them. Like, yeah. Sure. Just like the old, remember the Gretzky card? I yep. think, didn't, didn't ESPN do a, seri- a story on the card or something like that? I think they did. Um, uh, the the, um, the Hannes Wagner card from, yeah. what, 1908 or 9 or whatever yeah. it was. Uh, yeah, these cards are going to go for a million. If, and when someone opens them, and if they find all these other premier the big names, prestige yeah. cards, uh, I mean, yeah. like I'd buy them, and it'd be like Joe Thompson, <laughs> <laughs> six of them, right? Yes. One pack, right? That's right. how it always used to be. Yeah, <laughs> with the gum like ruining yeah. the cards yeah. or something like that. But baseball cards, when we were kids, they were really a big thing to collect. I started collecting. I sort of was in, on the edge where, after about. 76, 75, 76, they started losing value. And by the early 80s and mid-80s, they were so mass-produced that yeah. the cards there, you know, you can buy still a box of them for 10 bucks, 12 bucks. You go to the, you know, Mattoon has it on there. Uh, but you start looking at those cards in 70, 72, and I, I sold a bunch of mine to pay for college. <laughs> and uh, I, I've since bought some back and yeah. things like that. But back in 1940. It was just part of what That's, they do. And oh, I don't yeah. know if kids today, do any of your kids collect My youngest cards? one does collect cards, but he's not like, yeah, you know, not adamant, not, you know, not like, you know, really, he doesn't have to get any, he may buy a pack here and there. Um, but I remember talking to my dad. I mean, my dad had, you know, he, that was the thing you did and Deca- he was from Decatur and, you know, you traded cards, you got bought cards in the 50s and 60s in Decatur and that was a, that was a big thing to do. You'd go to the pharmacy or you go in for, for yeah. some gum and then suddenly you'd see 
Yeah. Oh, there's a pack of cards. Football cards are now for sale. I just I remember this Rexall Drugs yep. in Somerville, New Jersey, where I getting excited buying football cards. Ice snuggles. football. Uh, right? Ice snuggles and Matt's Ice snuggles. Yeah, you know you buy yeah. these packs of cards, and now they're they're a lot more expensive. I I I, I dare say than they were. Oh, comparatively. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's not like they're you know obviously obviously goes goes up in price, but. I don't know why. I, maybe kids just don't collect them, and they've got so many others. And I guess they did collect Pokemon cards, though. Yeah, right? yeah, and they play the video games on. Yeah, so you're, yeah, you're right. But yeah, it's kind of. I, I think they're still out there because if you go to the Walmart or something, there's still a big selection of baseball cards. Sure, I just don't know if sure. it's. If I used to always hear, hey, did you get that card? Because everybody was looking growing up. You wanted the Hank Aaron, or you wanted Johnny Bench, or Joe right. Morgan. You were looking the for favorite that, teams that, yeah, too. That, you know, the, the, the best players. You know. Now half the time, probably it's adults playing the cards. Yeah, exactly. Not the kids, right? There you go. Uh, it, but the good thing, you know, like you know, NBA and NHL record ratings right now. So TV sports this summer starting off good. So NBC and then, then the ESPN are happy about that. So good news. Game five of the hockey is tonight. So my Penguins, they need to win tonight, or I'm, I, I'm feeling like uh, it, it's over because I don't think they'll go back to game six this and win if they're down three two. You know, every couple of years, or I'll see one of these uh, reports about which which sport is the toughest to win on the home field. Or the home court, or something like home that. Home ice. Home ice. No, I mean from <laughs> yeah, just oh, yeah. basketball yeah. and baseball and all the others, and and I think hockey and basketball are two of the sports it's tougher to win in the opposing. Like in baseball, it's not as much. I don't know if it's because they play 162 games or whatever. Well, it's even too. And you know, think about it in ba- in baseball, you're getting nine at bats and nine you know, and nine in the field. Where in basketball and in hockey and football, it's it's really you're trying to capture the ball. And so I think baseball is the one that you can win on the road the easiest, in my opinion. Yeah, that's a good point. So yeah. that's that's how I look at it. So so. The, so so you think the Penguins are gonna? I think whoever wins tonight are, are the champions. So I because I think if the Penguins win, then they'll have a chance to come back game seven and win it in Pittsburgh. If the Predators win tonight, game six in Nashville, it's over and um, and the. We're not going to be back to back, so I'm thinking whoever. Wins so I'm a little two- nervous right now. I'm ready to get to seven o'clock tonight <laughs> or seven thirty. Well, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say whoever wins two of the next three games is probably going to win the championship. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> got a couple of alumni out there. Uh, Kyle Gertine and Cody Del Mendo are watching. So, oh, how you doing, guys? We got some people talking, lamenting about the Cardinals and their seven-game losing streak. We and who did they happen to lose to? Uh, the Cubs, I believe. Yeah, right? so sorry, we got to walk the Cardinal fans back off of the uh, ledge. Ben Slater is. <laughs> Talking about the Cubbies there, so Cubs. Suddenly, suddenly Cub fans have these high expectations. <laughs> Any other year they go, we're three or four games over five hundred. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. This is our year to finish third. You know. There you go. And and that team is so loaded. I mean, yeah. I, I, frankly, I don't see how the Cardinals can compete with them, with the team they have. But uh, the I Cardinals always find a way, don't yeah. they? Cubs Astros World Series. I'm calling it right here. Cubs Astros World Series. Um, I suck at this, so whoever I pick probably won't be in it. I'm going to say that the Washington Nationals are going to, or somehow the Dodgers are going to find a way. Uh, depends how healthy they are in the American League. Jeez, um, I'm just not sold that Houston can go all the way yet. I'm going to, of course, I'm a homer too because I think the Yankees. If the Yankees, we'll be talking about this in the next few weeks. The trading deadline yep. is so awesome in baseball compared to other sports. Well, the good news for the Yankees right now is, uh, and I'm going to have a brain lock, but your pitcher who was... Well, Raldis Chapman's been out for a yeah, month. And then, but what still. about the starter, who's won his like, fifth, or, fifth in a row the other night, who they really thought was... C.C. Sabathia. Sabathia, thank you. On the other you. hand, Masahiro Tanaka uh, has been given up five, yeah. seven, eight runs. I think there's something seriously the matter with him. So they need to, if they don't pick up a pitcher, they won't have a shot. But you just never know in baseball. But if you say Cubs Astro, what's today's date? June uh, June eighth. June eighth. Well, there you go. You got to put some money out on Vegas <laughs> oh, on this. Yeah. 
There you go. A couple of weird uh, sports sport stories that I want to talk about this briefly here. Thad Mata kind of forced out at Ohio State as the basketball coach. I know he had right. some health issues. He's a local guy just from up the road in Hoopston, Illinois. But uh, And then Bob Stoops out of nowhere yesterday, the Oklahoma football coach, announced that he's retiring. So guys that we've just gotten used to watching on TV on the sidelines for major college ba- or pro- college programs, Mata in basketball and Stoops in college football are just, you know, are, are gone. And it's just, it's, it's weird that both of them in the last week have been either ousted or ousted themselves. I'll be interested to see for, you know, who, who's the first to write this in-depth piece about either one of those. Because Thad Mata won, what, 12, 20 games, 12 years in a row, was yep. it? He went to a, fi- a championship game against, I think it was Florida, back yep. around 2007, and he's been to a Final Four. Um, yeah, they were dominant for a while. Last year, uh, he I, I hear he has something called, and I don't know what, I, I haven't been able to look it up yet, but drop foot. Yeah. Um, and has some problems with that and his back. And, you know, anybody who's had back problems can, can talk about how painful. Look what's happened to Steve Kerr in, yep. in the finals. Um, I, I suspect when he gets healthy again, because he was, wasn't it Xavier that he brought a team to the final eight, I think? The Elite Eight? Yeah, I think he was, he was at Butler, then Xavier, then. Uh, yes, right, oh, then, yeah, then, plus oh, he was yeah, at Butler yeah. and brought them. This is a very talented coach, and I haven't heard any of the negativity that you hear sometimes with yeah. coaches. Because um, I mean, he was he was a long rumor to be uh, Illinois' favorite a couple of times, but he kept you know he was kind of he was having some good runs at Xavier, then a good run at Ohio State, and, and since he's from just right near Champaign, you know that that's what was a thought. So it's pretty sad that he's going to be out of out of basketball due to you know health issues. So I wonder if he'll go to announcing. What do you think? I don't know. He doesn't really come off that. Sm- he's not real smooth, and if you've heard no, him talk, no, he, he doesn't. But you never know. I mean, he, you know, <laughs> so we'll see. Or, or, or the other thought I had was. In a year or two, I wonder if, if he gets healthy, if he'll take over at University of Illinois. You never know. That's a good so chance. Being, you know, sort of a local kid here. Yeah, it depends how Underwood does older there. Than I am, Yeah, there you go. Uh, but, but the Stoops one, have, what have you read on that? Well, I, was, I, I woke up this morning and I heard it. I got a call yesterday from my uh, kid because we're obviously Oklahoma football fans, as you probably heard me talk about for the last, you know, couple decades sure, here. And, sure, uh, I still miss our talks with Mr. Tidwell upstairs oh, about yeah. Oklahoma football. And, you know, he called and, and I thought, oh, gosh, the NCAA is knocking at the door or he's sick. But you looked at it, he said he's healthy. He just woke up and decided it was time to, to, to be done. And hopefully that's it because I, I don't want the NCAA to come because that's just a program runner. And you hope, obviously you pray for, you know, good health for people. I know he had some health issues about three years ago. He had a couple surgeries and maybe he just feels like, you know, he's done as much as he can. He's built a good legacy there. And maybe he does just want to enjoy his life. I hope that's the answer. I, I don't want any don't any bad news, obviously, for Oklahoma football or Mr. Stoops. Yeah, uh, coaching is, is, is such a grind. I, I hope those of anybody who's listening to the show when you're talking to if you're going into sports media you know these guys know a lot and they work so hard so it's so easy to say let's fire this person let's get rid of whomever it happens to be but remember Dick Vermeil yeah when he was with the Eagles he took over brought them to the Super Bowl ended up losing to the to the Raiders but that was an amazing accomplishment yep. with the team he had then decided eventually and this was after having coached at UCLA and says I'm just burned out I can't yep. do this anymore uh, goes announces for what maybe a decade coming back and then to the comes Rams back it takes over the Rams wins a Super Bowl almost actually wins two Super Bowls uh, he was talking recently about how how much of a grind it is now the stress for the coach and you know once you get to that 15 hour you know it's 15 hour days for like 12 13 14 15 straight weeks when preseason through the season gets here then you got the playoffs after that so yeah it is a grind and maybe he woke up yesterday morning and said I can't I just can't do it again so and and, and honestly I mean uh, 
Lincoln Riley is well thought of, and you know, he was going to be really, really gone after the next couple of years to be a head coach somewhere. So maybe Stoops said to, to continue the legacy and keep OU football good. He hand the right reins over to Lincoln Riley, who uh, who had just got a pay raise to one point three million. It's probably going to get another one real soon because they're going to want to keep him. Oh, one point three, please. Yeah. That's he can barely get by. That's nothing for a head coach, right? <laughs> yeah. My goodness. And the other thing is, is we're getting running close to out of time. Is did you? I, I know I'm going to ask a weird question because I only watch this sport about once a year. Did you happen to see? Was it Monday night, game one of the of the of the women's college softball world series? Seventeen innings. It was a marathon where they actually the starting pitcher for one of the teams came back in as a relief pitcher late in the game in a reentry rule. It was actually Oklahoma beat Florida that night. And just Wasn't a, a three-run homer in the seventeenth yeah. inning. And uh, I was wondering, I was kind of curious since we talk about a lot of ratings on the show, how it did. It actually did really, really well. Yeah, but how did it do in the one to three end time <laughs> slot? That's the thing I'm wondering I because it's it's a shame that the game went so long, so late, so late because. It sounds like you you feel like I do, which is college softball is one of the most exciting sports to watch. Once you got started watching it, I started watching it probably in the fifth inning. I couldn't stop. I thought, well, I'm going to watch something else, and, and I just kept watching and watching. And, and, and then I'm like, okay, let's get this over with. I want to go to bed. And it was an exciting. You know, those those girls played really really good softball. They were playing hard nose and coming, you know, going after each other. And uh, it was just an unbelievable when you see something like that. And the announcers uh, were all talking about how it really was something that was you were watching history. And, Whenever you're kind of watching history, it's always something you kind of you just take in and enjoy. And it was one of those moments, you know, it's kind of neat to Did watch. Did you watch it till 3 a.m.? It got over a little before that, actually. It wasn't that okay. yeah, well, bad. Ta- I was on the East Coast, and they were talking about it. Cause I it was asleep. late, though. I fell asleep before. You know, I, I was with family, so I didn't watch much TV, period. But had I been home, I'm sure I would have been locked in because these young women are just so amazingly talented and skilled and athletic and my God. What it's a, a fast-paced game. Great. And it is a fast-paced game. There you go. Did you see the two players? I think, uh, I don't know if it was in the Oklahoma or Florida game, they both go diving over the fence to try to catch yeah. it and one of them got in the glove. Man, that, that was... It was neat. So it was kind of neat. And then Oklahoma came back one the next day. So Oklahoma, by the way, this spring, it's kind of an Oklahoma sports has won like four national they champions. They're defending champion too, right? They're defending champions. They won golf, I think, and they won another sport. Two or three national champions this spring in sports. So it's been so a good So they just know how to cheat that out? It must be. No, yeah, that's no, right. Look no, at Joe. No, yeah, no, got to no. rail on my guys. I, I know. Seriously. I mean, some programs, you know, you just get in, in a run there, you know, yep. and you're, there's no, no, you can't tell one way or the other. There you go. That's all I got. You anything else? Uh, just one thing, right. I guess. Um, it's kind of interesting with all today we're supposed to be enlightened and all the racial and sexual co- uh, statements that continue to be one uh, you had two that were really and then one that was kind of funny with the with the NHL but you know first Elena Stasi you know saying those horrible things about women as yeah. we've, we've chronicled here but there was two others one was um, I must have met Miss Margaret Court when she said that the World Tennis Association is filled with lesbians and it's destroying the sport and she said some things even worse than that uh, what was interesting is John McEnroe did a video to counter that. If, if you have a chance, you know whoever's listening right now is is, is go type type in maybe Margaret Court and John McEnroe and, and some of the language he uses I cannot. But <laughs> Please. He, but he said uh, essentially, you know, even if she's right, who the f cares? Even if she's partly right, who the f cares? You know, and, and yeah. went through there and talked about it. And really, and today, who cares whether or not? I mean. Yeah. It's 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 2017. It's nobody cares about that stuff anymore. Where there's far worse things, to, there's far better things to worry about. You know, and, and, what's and going on in Washington? What's going on in Springfield? <laughs> right, right. Uh, you know, or well, what's not going on in Springfield and what's going on in Washington? However you want to look at it. So. Well, she's from Australia, and they said that um, if she, 
you can't get married if you, if you're a homosexual or, or a lesbian or whatever you know term same sex marriage I guess is the proper one. Um, but they're thinking about passing it, and he says, if this law passes, I promise you, Margaret, I will get John Elton John, my good friend, to come in and be the minister, <laughs> and I will help, and we will marry have the first marriages in Margaret Court's. <laughs> which was one of the great, great responses, you know. But then you had Kevin Pillar of the of the, of the Blue Jays, you know, calling someone. I'm guessing it was like calling him. You know, and a, a, a slur for gay, I believe, is what it would be called. Right. It was a slur for gay. That's you know, that's if you're looking at English, it's what they call a pile of sticks or yeah. something. Um, and he he did apologize. I think that was the heat of the moment. Yeah. And he's done some things with it. Um, and then you also have. You'll appreciate this. <laughs> I thought this was the Let's silliest and the goofiest one. PK Subban yeah. saying, "What happened?" Sidney Crosby said, "I had bad breath." Yes. <laughs> I think that's the worst trash talking. Yeah. Who cares? Next day he comes up with a, a couple of bags of Listerine. And I think Listerine's going to sponsor him. Yeah. Wasn't that hysterical? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I'm going. Yeah. That's the worst thing Sidney Crosby said to yeah. you. I know he probably said worse, but <laughs> let's breath. go with that. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and that one-on-one -on -one is going to grow people in the sports because people love individuals. They love the characters. You know, that's going to be great for the sport. Yeah, you you're think? right. I think you, when you got PK and you got the Penguins now back and forth with a couple of really good stars, uh, and so I think you know hockey is one of those sports that is kind of just slowly grown over the yes. past few. HDTV saved hockey. Let's be frank about it because you, you can actually see the puck. See the puck exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that is a big thing to be able to see the puck, it's, and that's great. Yeah, and so I think that is one. Of, and, it's, and probably TV is going to get better. It'll be the next generation of 3D TV or 5D TV or whatever oh, they're going to call so. it. So, uh, yeah, so Hockey Live is, I don't know if there's a better sport live. There you go. So, all right. I'm Jeff. I'm Joe. Everybody have a great day. And this has been the Sports and Media Show.